After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Hello, this is Adam Barr. Welcome to the Organic Outreach Podcast. Together we're learning how to influence our world and share our faith naturally. We do this by providing resources, leading cohorts, and equipping leaders through conferences and intensives. At Organic Outreach International, we believe every Christian plays a part in fulfilling the Great Commission, and this podcast can help you do that. So what's the connection between outreach and music? If we look in the Bible, we see that there's actually an incredibly rich one, and it's given to us in the book of Revelation. In chapter 7, there's this beautiful picture of people and the, the thousands and thousands and millions and millions of people standing around the throne of God and worshiping Him. And what we read is that they're worshiping Him, and they're people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. One of the motivating forces for reaching out with the gospel of Jesus Christ and crossing boundaries and crossing cultures, one of the fundamental motivations for that is the desire to see more worshipers be created. Our guest today, Dr. Catherine Morehouse, is part of that effort. One of the things that she does is rather than teaching new people in new cultures our songs, she helps them find their own songs, um, and, and express songs of worship to God in, in their distinct cultural setting. And she trains other missionaries to go out and do this very same work. She's a fascinating person, and I'm excited to share this conversation with you. Well, this morning I'm sitting down with Dr. Catherine Morehouse, who's the chair of the Ethnomusicology Department at Liberty University. Catherine, it's great to have you here with us. Great to be here. Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much for making time. We're here at the Amplify Conference on the campus of Wheaton College. I know you've got a lot going on yourself, so I just want to thank you for making time for that. And why don't we just start? Can you share a little bit about what you do sure. uh, at, at Liberty University and uh, help people get a sense of, I, I, I'm guessing some of our listeners haven't heard the term ethnomusicology. Right. Well, so it's help more, us out. It's, it's easier to understand than you might think at first. So basically, it's a combination of music, which we all kind of know what music is. So that's the musicology part. That's in the center. Gotcha. So musicology, study of music, broadly speaking. Um, but ethno is really focusing on ethnes, which is the people of the world. So we're looking at how culture and music interrelate. Um, but really what I do is more of ethnodoxology, which is like how worship and culture interrelate. Because we're really interested in seeing what God is doing in the world through music, not just understanding like the traits of the music cultures, but what is God doing and what is God wanting to do in the world and how can we get into his agenda with oh, that's exciting. arts and music. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah. yeah, and that's I mean that's one of the beautiful distinctives of, of a place like Liberty University. I mean, there's a passion for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not right. just studying this stuff to study this stuff. Yeah. So, how did you how did you get an interest in this? What can you just kind of take me through your journey? I mean, sure. Did you wake up one day when you were twelve years old and think I want to study world music? No, I didn't know that you could. Um, so, I I did grow up loving music, and for me, um, I I don't know. 
um, the story of Chariots of Fire, like with Eric Little, and when he runs, he feels God's pleasure, right? Yeah. That's what he always said. Um, I felt the same way whenever I sang or whenever I did songwriting. Like that was my heart's expression to God, and I felt His pleasure. I felt closest to God when I was doing musical, artistic things. Um, but getting into college, I really felt God drawing me into world missions and um, sharing the gospel and evangelism and part of me was like how do these two passions go together yeah and no one no one really there th- this was not a thing you know i couldn't find anybody that could tell me that unless you and, wanted to move to nashville and, and join the ccm right world, it was always right? performance yeah based. exactly like, like you know you'll make a difference in the world by performing and people will hear you and come to jesus yeah and um so I decided to focus more on missions during my undergrad, and um, thank God I had a professor that said, look, you have this passion for, for music and the arts. Um, why don't you do a research paper on combining the arts and missions? And I was like, can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> and so um, there was literally one book in the library on that topic. It was Music and Missions by T.W. Hunt, and it just gave examples of pe- of how music was being used in the missions field. And every story I read, you know, it was kind of an older book at the time, and but I was still so excited by just seeing that someone was paying attention to how the mu- how music was functioning in missions and yeah. how it, what needed to happen. Um, and you know, it was one of those things where your your creativity gets sparked, and you're like, "Ooh, but they could have done this," or "Ooh," and like, "What if what if we had done this instead?" And all of a sudden, I started to realize that God was merging these two passions in my life. And then awesome. I found out there was a a place to study this from a Christian perspective. Um, at the time, it was at Bethel University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay. That program has now been moved to Liberty. Okay. So I actually chair the program that, that I You went studied in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. It's so, like a um, mic drop moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was a really cool thing. So that's kind of how I got here. I used to be a client, but now I... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, yeah. That's incredible. Yep. So you, you studied that, and then you, you also went on to one further degree. Am I right about that? Yes. Okay. I got a PhD in ethnomusicology from University of Maryland, and that was really looking at, uh, you know, going kind of looking at the traditional theoretical anthropology and music side of things, because obviously at University of Maryland, they're not teaching this from a Christian perspective. Right, right, right. So it's about getting the theory and then applying it to the world church and and kind of building ideas and practices based on how music functions in culture. Learning the language of the discipline yeah. so that mm-hmm. you could then apply it within your right. field. Right. Okay, that's that's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so so global missions is a real animating idea for you that yeah. the, the call to reach the nations, which is in so many ways, it's a, it's a call to make worshipers, isn't it? Right, right, absolutely, yeah. Um, John Piper actually says, you know, missions exist because worship doesn't, and <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And um, really, we're called to worship God first and foremost as people, as as the world church. Um, and worship is not just music, but um, but a lot of times, you know, as we worship artistically, it's such an expression of our souls yeah. um, that we find that that's something that when it's cultivated worldwide in the local church, then all of a sudden the church becomes more vibrant. People are drawn to it because it's more natural. It's not some foreign thing that's been implemented there. So you have to sing this way. Now all of a sudden the music sounds like it's coming from the culture, which it should have always been. Yeah. And that's that, that I think is one of those things I'd like to dive into just a little bit because, you know, there, there was a, 
there was a time when it was kind of to become Christian means to become, you know, Western European right. in your in your dress, in your style, in your taste, in your music, right? I mean, I, I mean, it's and that's not so long ago. I mean, I can I can remember going to different countries as I was growing up, and it was like you know we come in and sing. I could sing of your love forever, right. and you just translate it into the local language, and then start playing it on the guitar. Mm-hmm. And and what 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 does that approach to uh, worship do within local communities? Well, it's really interesting. It's not it's not that it's bad. It functions a certain way so for example like if you come in and sing i could sing of your love forever and people know that song and they love it and they relate to it as part of the global church yeah there's a there's an element of celebration that, right that they enjoy and that, that they are actually worshiping yeah um what we want to do is expand that repertoire kind of backwards you know yep. like into like what should have happened first which is instead of taking a potted plant into the field and and leaving it there as western music existing in the non-western church right to actually take the seed of the gospel plant it and then let worship and music uh, and the arts grow up out of the truth of the gospel and what god is doing in people's hearts naturally so it's hard to kind of backtrack what I mean when I said like work backwards on that. Yeah, you yeah. can't undo the past. Right. So what we do instead is we say, okay, like you know, there there's a lot of stuff that happened during colonization that really we're trying to break the yoke of that. So there's there's kind of a a setting free that we're trying to accomplish. Um, but it's it's funny too because people have adopted the styles of Western worship. Yeah. So it's like you can't just say, oh yeah, what you're doing. You can't is, just is turn wrong. back the clock. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I like the idea of expanding the repertoire because that way we're saying, okay, what would it look like for you to reach out to the art in your community and for them to feel at home in your in your community worshiping the one true God yeah. um, because all of the arts were intended we were intended to glorify God from the beginning Amen. so anything that is artistically not glorifying to God is just a twisting of what was originally intended so kind of casting the vision doing the theology on that with with local communities um, whether it's in Africa or India kind of like setting them free from this idea that oh that music is evil right, right. so Really, if we think about music not being the evil thing or dancing not being the evil thing, but but being good or evil residing in the heart of the person doing the artistic action, yeah. then anything that, that an artist does when they have been transformed by the power of God and filled with the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden becomes redeemed just as they've been redeemed. Yeah. So what's really cool is to see these art forms that have not traditionally been used to glorify God um, being brought into the church and used that way. Um, and we have to be careful because some of, you know, you always have associations and things like that that you have to check on. Yeah. For example, like there, there are some drumming traditions in, I don't know, Haiti or African like derived traditions. Mm-hmm. Um that you would not initially want to bring into the church because as soon as people hear those specific rhythms, it triggers, they think, oh, that's the worship, you know, to this deity because yeah. those patterns are associated with that. Um, so th- there's kind of a science to it. You have to, you have to do the research. You have to analyze what the music means to people, um, work through issues of associations and, and, and what true worship is, sometimes even who God really is. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're, in many ways, you have to facilitate. Um, a process of discernment for the people who are within those cultures themselves, exactly. right? Right. Um, um, there's a sense of a 
you, I mean, what I'm hearing is we want to distinguish redemption from replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like we come in with the pure gospel music form and right. replace their music form with our music form. Right. Yes. We want to redeem. Yeah. We want to <laughs> see. We, we want to redeem. We want to see the, the 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 musical heart of this culture be re- redeemed through the gospel. Right. And give an expression. But uh, again, it's not like. You know, Western missionaries come in, and we serve as the gatekeepers. Of that we we need to simply just kind of help facilitate mm-hmm. the artistic production, the artistic expression, yeah. and creation of these these folks because they're gonna they're gonna understand obviously the the culture of these things in ways we never will. Yeah, and really, it's a project that we do right alongside the Holy Spirit. So we're asking God. Um, I always think about the woman at the well and how Jesus knew her deep core needs. Yep. Right, and that was Jesus. You know, we're not Him, but we have His <laughs> Spirit in us. Amen. Yeah. And so when we meet people, we constantly are asking, like, Lord, show us what the hangups are. Show us where the misunderstandings are, even in our own hearts and their hearts. And how can we together come to what your purpose is for this day in this people group in their worship. And what's cool when you take that approach is that, you know, God starts God starts moving and and showing you things that you wouldn't have seen. Like for example, we went when I was in West Africa, um, I went there to kind of help, you know, um, help them create indigenous hymnody. That's what we call it. That's the fancy word for it. Um, but when I got there, I found out the core issue was unity among the churches. Okay. And so I was like, okay, well, well, we have to address that. And what's cool is the Lord let us address that through a, a songwriting seminar that we did. We invited all the churches to come. And um, I asked them, you know, three weeks later, we had we had 30 new songs recorded in that two-day seminar, <laughs> just based on scripture. And we don't have time to get into that process today, but that's basically what I train people to do is how do you take scripture and create songs from scripture, create songs from what God is doing in your heart. So 30 new songs out of that two-day period. So I followed up a, a few days uh, a few weeks later. I said, hey, are those songs being incorporated? Are you still using them? They're like... Yeah, they, they are. But really, the thing that came out of that seminar was our churches reunited. Amen. And it was so crazy to see how... Like, well, that's what music does, right? I mean, yeah. music is... I mean, that's that's why I think that the idea of ca- recal- helping people capture music that speaks to the hearts of their, their culture, right? Mm-hmm. It's so powerful because music itself is one of the greatest unifiers. I mean, mm-hmm. that's... To, even in today's world where you can hear the most high quality or watch, or you can even go to a VR concert and be in a concert comfort of your own home. People still want to go to a place where they can hear music live. Why? Right. It's cuz you're with the people, you feel yep. connected. It's it's a unifying thing. Yep, it connects us to each other. It expresses ourselves, but it also connects us to God. So it's and it connects us to God together. Yeah. Which is really amazing. So your your work uh, consists of um, of it sounds like partnering with indigenous people to work on music. Um, can you kind of just give me the like the waterfront thumbnail version of what you're what what you're doing at Liberty University? Yeah. So basically, I'm training others to do that. So my my goal is to multiply what God has has taught me and others that are doing ethnodoxology that are trying to facilitate local worship globally, okay, um, and domestically. There are a lot of of people working here in the U.S. Um, to just try and say what is God doing in the local church? Because when we sing our own songs, it just means something different to us. Yeah. Um, even as a local community, uh, so so what I, what I'm doing is trying to like take. Um, 
take what God is, has has taught me about global worship, the heart of that, and and say, okay, now let's multiply that. So every student that I have, I view them as a, a multiplication of what what God is doing in this area. So that example of what you gave us of working in West Africa, you're equipping other people now to go do the very same right. thing. Right, so how this looks for us at Liberty is we take a team, this is our third year that we've taken our Latin worship ensemble to Nicaragua. Okay. Um, the first year, um, it was uh, simply a worship seminar, um, a lot of teaching, and then we had one group doing songwriting it was like six people okay um the second year that we went um i did most of the teaching and taught uh from mark four about the parable of the seed and the sower and how god when god's word is planted in us it grows um and um talking about how it's you know uh that is a picture of what songwriting could be yeah for us so so I did teaching kind of on that all week, and then I really was um, involved a lot in helping those new songs be born, like yeah. kind of birthing yeah. those new songs. But this year, this last year when we went, um, we really encouraged the students to do more of the teaching, and the local people that kind of got it really quickly quickly last year, yeah. we asked um, one of the local guys if he could actually lead one of the songwriting groups. Oh, that's So incredible. the idea is like, you watch me do it, then then you do it and I watch you do it yep. make sure you're doing good and then now go like now go out it. and do yeah. it and so it's really about kingdom multiplication that's awesome so I, like like you're facilitating like new things but not only that but you're also training the people that you're working with to go out and do the same thing so next year we're really praying about moving the location of the seminar and having the local people that we've worked with for three years lead the whole seminar that's so awesome. like that's the idea that's so cool yeah that is awesome yeah so we've been talking about how music uh, grows up within the heart of the church as an expression of worship. Um, what do you see? What's the connection between music and outreach, reaching well, out to our cult, reaching out to the lost? Yeah, um, man. Okay. Well, the the, the book, <laughs> it's, it's a small question. The book that we can version cover. <laughs> of that. Um, you know, one of the models I always share with my students is, um, you know, the three uses of music and missions are worship, evangelism, and discipleship. But the simplified version of that, I think, and what God's really been doing in our community at Liberty is that when you're, okay, so the Holy Spirit is living water, right? Right. John 4 talks about, you know, Jesus says, I'll give you living water. And he leaves the Samaritan woman hanging as to what that actually is. But in John 7, 38 and 39, he says, anyone who's thirsty, come to me and, and out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. By this, he's talking about the Spirit. Yep. So when we are actually moved and filled with the Spirit of God, what happens is it's going to flow out of our hearts. So worship, any artistic expression that's coming out of us should be an overflow of what the Holy Spirit is doing in yes, us. Yeah. And so what happens, um, and, and Isaiah talks about this, and Ezekiel, and this flow of living water. Ezekiel 47, yeah, that's and, one of my favorites. And, yeah. and, and also this idea of it like popping out from all over, yeah. the, from, from all over the place and in dry places and yep. people being drawn to this water. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, what What I think, you know, what that's looking like for us in music and the arts is that you have these local geysers of... Mm. 
of expressive artistic things happening all over the world that is becoming something that people are coming to see and and drink from yeah. and then it and they are so excited because it starts filling them and they start bursting out from their local place so really that's, <laughs> that's cool. and, and what's going to happen is eventually that water is going to cover the earth because it's yeah. all coming back out of us like yeah. flowing inside of us and coming out it's just worship Isaiah, it's gonna, right? yeah it's going to cover cover the whole earth and it's the glory of god as reflected and processed through us and which is amazing that god would give us that privilege that his glory would be located and and flowing through our mouths our hearts like our hands as we craft things our bodies as we dance that's awesome um and that's revelation 7 you know that's what yep. that's what it's going to look like he's describing what we get to have a chance to facilitate and craft on earth through the arts so the the just the the expression and celebration of God's presence and glory, that work alone is itself attractive. Right. Right? Yeah. It, um, for those God's calling into the faith. I yeah. mean, Paul said the, the gospel is going to be a fragrance of life to some, a fragrance of death to others. But yeah. there's this sense in which we, we kind of, just in worshiping God and, and lifting up his name, we're inviting people to like dip your toe in the river. Yes, exactly. See what it's about. And it's so joyful, too. Yeah. It's such a joyful thing. And there's no pressure to it either. Yeah. Because, you know, even when we, when we look, how can we be intentional about reaching out to artists? You know, it's really about just this joy of connection and this yeah. joy of relationship. It's not like go share the gospel with five people people today. It's yeah. just, where are the natural connections? Where are the natural relationships with, with the people that are artistic around you? And flow within those things and, and God the presence stuff. of God and just just be, ask him what his agenda is and move in that. So, so I guess in some ways you just answered this question but I, I want to give you a chance just to, to, to tie a bow on it. Mm-hmm. How has studying world music and being part of this movement opened your eyes to God's plan for the church. Wow. Um, one of my favorite scriptures is um, Ephesians uh, 3. And um, it's when Paul's talking about the minist- his ministry to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. But I love this. He says that... Um, that it was a mystery that for ages was kept hidden in God who created all things. And verse 10, he says, His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. In other words, God's God's global plan, His glory, is being made known through the church. Yeah. So to me, that's that's the exciting thing about our worship, whether it's musical or preaching or discipleship, whatever that that uh, worship expression is, that that is actually carrying the plan of God, manifesting the glory, the plan of God. So when we talk about music and we talk about the role of music in the world church, what that's doing is expressing the the magnificent, amazing plan of God that every nation, tribe, and tongue are going to worship before him. And we can actually practice that and carry it out and call that into being now and see that happening in the earth. And to me, that's just an amazing privilege and honor. Amen. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Catherine, thanks so much for being with us on the on the podcast today. I really appreciate this. What a glorious vision you're giving us of what God's doing in the church. Yeah, it's thank you so much for having me. It's yeah. been an honor. Yeah. Awesome. And if people want to learn more about your work, uh, where can they go? 
Um, you can just Google um, ethnomusicology at Liberty University, okay. um, and we have undergraduate programs in residence, uh, and then we that's music and world cultures, and then we also have a master's program in ethnomusicology and a master's certificate. Awesome. So all of that's online. If your hearts were moved at all by, by what you heard today, check it out and, uh, and, and look a little deeper. Thanks again. Thank you. Yeah, bye. Well, I hope you really enjoyed that conversation. I know, I know it was a lot of fun to meet Catherine and to hear her story and learn more about what she does. Uh, it really forces us to think both about evangelism outreach and about worship and music and how those two things are connected. One of the things I'd love to ask you to do, if you have a chance, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, do a couple things. Would you, first of all, would you share it with some of your friends if you're enjoying it? And then secondly, would you go on to the App Store, if you're iTunes or if you're Google Play or whatever platform you use, would you mind going on giving us a review? Uh, that's just one more way you can help us continue to share this conversation with more people. I want to also encourage you, help us get the word out by joining the Organic Outreach Media Squad. All you have to do is send an email to info at organicoutreach.org and let us know that you want to join the team. If you do, we'll send you one of our newly minted Organic Outreach Media Squad mugs. Just imagine how jealous your friends are going to be when they see you sipping your favorite beverage in one of these babies. I think you want to do it. Well, for now, (laughs) this is Adam Barr reminding you, make time to share God's life today. Today.